All the people that are on the line tonight, who names I don't know as of yet, but I will get to know them. But I give honor to each and every one of you. I appreciate y'all being on here tonight with me. I really do. Uh, I haven't done anything like this for one time, and I'm you know, still learning. Uh, but uh, I have preached before before many people, but this is a different program here. And so... Uh, it don't matter what I see you, but you know, kind of, kind of shaking right now. But I'll be all right in a minute. <laughs> and Amen. I thank God for this opportunity. I really do. Uh, I've been studying and reading. I don't want to do too much study because you mess up and jump out somewhere. You won't be overstudied. So I just want to do what God called me to do. I don't want to keep y'all too late because I know a lot of y'all have to go to work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, work is over for me. I've been retired now 17 years, so I get up when I want to. <laughs> but uh, I might see it all the whole shot, but the Lord has been good to me. He's been good. He's been good. Uh, my topic tonight is for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming from Ephesians 5 and 22. Amen. Through the 33rd verse. Amen. This is talking about husband and wife, the way God set the church up, family, through family. Our family is very important, and our God has really got the order in line. And if we who are married go by the guidelines, we can't go wrong or won't go wrong. Well, some people like to do it their way, but... If you want to have a successful marriage, you got to put God in the center and keep him there because uh, the enemy is out. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He, he loves to destroy marriages, families. Amen. Christ and the church model husband-wife relationship. Amen. The husband is husband's model is the divine bridegroom. The wife is the model. His model is the church. And that's how God got set up for us to follow his guidelines and things to work out if we work with it, if we work with one another, if we love one another, if we love our wives as Christ loved the church. Uh, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord. But a husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be subject to their own husbands in everything. Find everything. Now, if your husband is not saved, you don't have to follow him talking about let's go to the club. And I'm on a mother crazy thing that they're doing out there now. Uh, but if he's in the Lord and, and God is leading him, amen, you, you follow him. As long as he's walking in the Lord and, and stay in, focus on God. Like my, like my former overseer used to say, follow me as I follow Christ. If I get off line, y'all run like the world is on fire. 
I tell people the same thing as long as I'm following Christ, y'all follow me. But if I get out of line, y'all break like the house on fire. But uh, we want to do as Christ has already set up. Um, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and clean her and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their wives, their own wives, as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, and no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is something that uh, a lot of men don't seem to understand. They want to be brutes, but I learned a long time ago, you rule your house with love. God didn't call us to be brutes. He didn't call us to be white beaters. Uh, to be brutish, uh, uh, beat your wife with your tongue, verbal, you know, uh, you know, just running in the ground for every little thing. And a lot of men just don't know how to treat a woman. They just don't know how. Maybe they didn't have the teaching about how to treat. I came up in church uh, when I was a little boy, but I never, you know, a lot of stuff I didn't know. I found out later, you know, and, and much later, how men should treat their wives. I, there was no father in my home, nothing but women in my house, and my mother's aunties and grandmother. And everything I've learned, I learned mostly from them, cooking, cleaning, washing, and all that stuff. Um, but I learned once I got saved, I watched other men with their wives in the church. And, and, and I lived with my grandma apostle about seven years, and I watched how they treated one another. And I remember one day my daughter said, Daddy, I'm looking for me a husband like you. I want me a husband like you, Daddy, because you know how to treat a woman. That made me feel good. We must be, we must lead by example. We must uh, imitate Christ in every way. And our children imitate us if we imitate Christ, and other folks will do the same thing. The children in the home, they are very impressionable. And we just love our wives, show them how we show them how and we treat them the way they should be treated and love them regardless. Um, 
people are looking for the perfect marriage. I say, you're not going to have a perfect marriage because we got two imperfect people. You got two different ideas about life. You got your own way of doing things and saying things. But if we come together and talk things out, and a lot of people are looking at the Hollywood that we have perfect marriages, all the money they got. They have problems. But if we love our wives the way Christ loved the church, we're supposed to protect. We're supposed to provide. We're supposed to be there for them in sickness and in health. That death do us part. A lot of men, I've seen people walk off from their wives when they get sick and they no longer can, you know, do their wife, you know, take care of their part and what they're supposed to take care of. I've seen that happen. But I don't call that a good man. I call him, he don't have all what he needs to have. Uh, we cannot walk, or anybody can walk away from things when they get worse. But can you stay when things are bad? Can you really stay when you don't know where your next nickel coming from? Can you stay and and pray and God will lead you and direct you? Try to, you know, and God will send somebody to help you when you get financially low in the, in, in the money. As it happened to me, many times, I didn't know which way to go or which way to turn. But God always sent somebody when I needed money. Gave me exactly what I needed, when I needed it. And a lot of times the Lord did things for me before I even needed it. He knew I was going to need it, so he sent somebody. It was there for me every time. So I learned to trust in God. If you trust God, things will go right. When you try to work things out yourself, things not going to go right. We got to lean and depend on Jesus, especially in our marriages and everything that we do. Because at least those things happen, men and women, they want to break and run. Because he hurt my feelings. Or she said something he shouldn't have said. Or listen to somebody told her something or told him something. Uh, but you got to learn to pray, sit down and pray together and ask God, what direction should I go? What should I do? And even when you're having the discussion, sit down and talk, you need to ask God, how should I do this? You have to have the right tone of voice. You just can't say what you want to say. Sometimes you just have to be quiet and pray and God will lead you in the right direction. I'm not seeking shock out of my heart. Marriages will work out if you work at it. I worked on one job for 37 years. Things didn't always go my way. And, and, and things didn't always happen the way I wanted them to happen. But I never left. I never heard people just walk off from jobs, but they'll walk off from a relationship. They'll walk off from the wives and walk off from the children. Those that know the wife and the children need them. God placed you there. Those are your children. You're responsible for taking care of them. You're responsible for providing for them, giving them the nurture that they need and love that they need, the correction that they need, the discipline that they need. It's the man's responsibility to be there in the house. When you get married, that life should be over. No more running the streets with the boys. You know, hanging on the street. Mortgage your rent to pay. You got life here. You got all these things have to be done. And people are depending on you. If you are drinking enough and spending on other women to care of, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And a lot of men don't understand that they think they're supposed to do what the other guys do because they tell them that's what they're doing. Listen, when I was out there, they, they couldn't tell me to do all kind of crazy stuff because they never came to me with it because they knew how I felt about it. I hang, hang with them when, in the daytime on the job. When night came, I was home. And, 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 and I raised my children the way they should have been raised. I brought them up in church. 
We trained them. We taught them. Everything that we did, we taught them how to do it. We taught them how to fast and how to pray. We didn't have to ask them we'll, that, to fast. They would say, Dad, you're going to fast. We're going to. And that's what they did. So they came up that way, fasting and praying, studying the Bible, reading and understanding what the Word is saying. And if we, if we take our responsibility seriously, marriages, our marriage will work out. Our children will turn out just as good or better than we I told my children, listen, I don't want y'all living from paycheck to paycheck. I want y'all to get a better job and get your own business. Go to college and take up a trade, and, 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 and you can do what you want to do with the money that you make. Uh, so I told them that. And I have a daughter. She's working and she's taking care of. I got two sons. They're doing the same thing. I got three daughters in, in Augusta. They're doing the same thing. I mean, if you bring them up and teach them right, if they go out, if they go, if they go astray, they can't go too far. But the word will bring them back in line. It's our job to teach them. That's the wife and the husband's job, the, uh, the husband and the wife to do, to be there, to back the wife up. If something happens to children, it, it's getting out of line. It's gotten out of line. When you come home, she should be with you and say, listen, look, Johnny did such such a thing. He's to put him in line and get him straight. Then listen, and when your when mother's in charge when I'm not at home. It's just like I said when she said and when you stick with one of them, you stick together in this thing. If you tell one, say, listen, daddy, can I do some no? And they go to mama. She said, what did dad say? She said, no. Well, I say no. They got to stick together, these things. They can, one case say yeah, and us, yes, and another say no. You got to stick together in yes and no. Then you got to give them a curfew and all that kind of stuff. Don't let them hang out all kind of nights. When I was coming up, you couldn't do that. When my children was coming up, they couldn't do that. And if they stayed out past that time, you didn't stay there that night. If you stayed away from the house too long, too many nights, you didn't live there no more. Your clothes were packed on the front doorstep. And and I didn't have that problem. I had it one time, my daughter, when I got her straightened she spent the night on the outside of the house. You come to my house 2 o'clock in the morning, listen, I don't come home 2 o'clock in the morning. And I work every day. So we got to provide for our children. We got to show them. We got to teach them and, and, and keep them in the house of God. Pray with them. Talk to, listen to what they have to say. When I was coming along, we were seen and not heard. We never spoke a word at the dinner table. We never spoke a word, period. Unless somebody say, do something, you say, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. That's the only time you said something. Other than that, you didn't do no talking. You did what you were told when you were told us how to do it and when to do it. That's what we did. But when my children came along, I some of do things a little different. My children can sit to the table, we're going to talk. And how are you going to learn about your children if you don't let them sit and discuss different things? Then you learn about your children, what they like and dislike, what, how things are going with them in school, what's going on in the neighborhood, and, and different things like that. So we was able to do stuff like that. And I'm glad I, I, I was able to do that because it makes me feel good that my children are, are, are you know, doing what they're supposed to do with their wives and their children. But uh, we, we have the world... Uh, the church has a lot to learn, and the world on the way the world going to learn it. We gonna have to, we gonna have to show them. We are the light of the world. We gonna have to lead by example in every way we go. And, you know, I told, I said, listen, we gonna argue. Let's argue at home. Let's not argue in front of the children. We shouldn't be talking about I got this bill to pay. The children should have to worry about what bills. They shouldn't know anything about the bills because that's not their responsibility. I never talked about bills and stuff before my children the whole time. 
and, and they never knew what we were going to say, Daddy, we never heard you. I said, we just argued. I said, your mom just argued. But I told her, no, I ain't got no time for argue, baby. You, you're doing all right by yourself. And I don't have time to argue. And I learned that the argument's not going to straighten nothing out, not going to change anything. You got to sit down and talk sensible. You got not to talk at one another. You scream and holler. You don't understand what I'm saying. I don't understand what you're saying. You got to sit down and talk like adults with common sense, with intelligence, and we can understand this and that or whatever going on. And, and, and men have to uh, uh, listen to their wives when they come home from work uh, and, and what's going on, how she feels, and, and, and what's going on with her life. Because she, if she's not working, she's in the home, but that's what's staying home with the children. That I did that, so I know about women. I take my hat off to every mother, every woman in the world. I had to do that with two children, two and three, when they were born. I had to be there. I had to cook. I had to clean. I had to wash. I had to iron. I had to make sure they got the school, the, the kindergarten on time. So my hat is off to the women. I'm an advocate for the women. I don't bash women. I love them and stuff. So uh, I try to teach all the guys that I come in contact with just what you have to do. If you don't want to go through that, stay single. Please stay single. So she's going to make some changes in your life. She's going to make some changes in your life just as sure as you the man. If you live there, she's going to make some changes. So when I married, I was using a certain kind of cologne and dress. You don't use that no more. I said, that's a full bottle, man. She said, well, you give it to somebody else. This is what I want you to wear. Women got their own, want their own old scent, their own smell, their own look, and everything. They don't want to. You there's gonna be some changes made. I tell them if you don't want to make don't don't, don't want to change, stay safe, and you won't have this problem. But it's not a problem; it's a good thing that she wants you to look like this and dress like this. There's nothing wrong with it. Get your hair cut like this and like this stuff like that. But it's not nothing wrong. That's good. My wife got all kinds of stuff around here that and she done bought me. How do you this? Oh my God, girl! I got so much stuff I don't know what to put on first. But women are like that. And I don't have no problem with it at all because I love to look good, smell good, ride good, and eat good, sleep good. And I've been doing that since I've been saved because when I was coming up, I didn't have a change of clothes like I got now. So I thank God for where he brought me from in marriage. And yeah, I see children over higher. Yeah, I see children over higher. And, and I thank God for my in-laws. Never had no problem with any of them. Uh, the sister-in-law, never had any problem with them at all because I knew how to carry myself. I knew how to behave. Maybe I too cool, she care high, and so me and I'm a high that I see. I tell people all the time I was born on a Sunday, but not this Sunday. You know, I've learned some over the years, and I've been married. This is my, what, second, fourth, third, fourth marriage. I learned some through those marriages. I'm not saying it was all they fault. I know I had a little to do with it. And so, but I can't put all the blame on her. So I got to take my ship. And so, but I, I got me a good woman now. And, and listen, I'm going to hold on to her. I said, girl, you ain't going nowhere. When you leave the house, I'm going too. Well, if you move, I'm going to move. And, and, and that's how she is with me. So we, we, we it, it's good to have somebody that feel the same way about things that you, your ideas, your dreams, her dreams. What we want to do, where we want to go, on vacation. And, and, and a lot of people don't have time for that. 
They don't take time. Not they don't have it. They don't take time. But they're busy. The mind is so is running here and there. They're thinking all kind of evil stuff. And they're not thinking of how I can keep my marriage together, how I can keep my family together. And the children, when, when, when man and woman divorce, children never give over, get over that. They never get over it. They never get over it. As long as mom and dad is alive, when they were born, they were together. So expect when they get grown, mom and dad to still be together. And that hurts them to the core. And they never get, they might get, they get over that, but they would not get over a divorce. Because that's devastating to a child and stuff. And, and, and I tell women and men all the time, you're having problems. Don't talk to your children about it. Y'all talk to one another about it. You know, don't don't talk against your wife to your children, uh, to your children against your uh, against the against your husband. Don't do stuff like that, and, and, and don't never do that. Whatever problem that's between you and him, y'all need to sit down and get things straight. And I've learned a whole lot in my seventy-seven years, and uh, but God has been good. He's still good. Um, as a husband. How should I behave toward my wife? Look to Christ, the divine bridegroom, in his relationship with the church. Love her. Sanctify her. Sacrifice for her. Listen to her. Listen to her concerns. Take care of her. Be as sensitive to her needs and her hurts as you are to those of your own body. And that's what we should do. We should be very sensitive. As a wife, how should I behave toward my husband? Look to the chosen bride, the church, and its relationship with Christ. Respect him. Acknowledge him. His calling as head of the family, respond to his his leadership, listen to him, praise him. And that's good. God said it wasn't good for man to, to be alone. So he created, a, made a woman, took Adam and put him to sleep, first operation, and that known to man, uh, took a reel and made a woman. Ah, Moshe Kabahai. And Lord, I don't think he could have did anything better than that. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's just good to have someone that loves you, respect you. And respect and love, it, it goes both ways. Those both ways. You can't love me and don't respect me. Those are, they are twins. They are twins. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. No husband. And why could do this by mere willpower or resolve? But since you, including your marriage, are his workmanship, let God work in your marriage. Let God make you the husband you should be. Let God make you the wife that you should be. And flow in in the spirit with, with God. He got to work things out for you. I don't care how bad things are. He will work with you. He will fix things if you let him. If you let him, he will fix things. I'm going to to 
1 Corinthians 11 and 13. 11 and 13 says, and that's what judge among yourselves. It is proper for a woman to pray to God when they come from. Ah. That's not eleven. Okay, eleven and thirteen. Eleven and thirteen. Eleven and three. Eleven and three. Messed up, y'all. Be in on that. Eleven and three. Hallelujah. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of the woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. And that's how the family is lined up. If it's, if that's how it's lined up. That's how she stay lined up. Not the way they got it now. Women marrying women. Men marrying men. You cannot produce with the same sex. If God did not create Adam and Eve, neither did he create Eve and Eve alone. He created Adam and Eve. And they don't do that. They just done gone wild with it now. Wow. When I tell them, I say, I love them just like I love anybody else. They are humans. They are a soul. And we don't have to bash them. Love them into getting their lives right. Love them into coming to Christ. You, If you hammer on them all the time about this and that, they'll never come. We, God said, through love and kindness have I drawn them. You don't have to agree with them or go along with how they, what they, their lifestyle. But you must love them. You must treat them good and right the way they should be treated. Regardless of what they're doing, you got to love them anyhow. You pray for them. You fast for them. You talk to them. And and sooner or later, if you don't reach them, you plant a seed. Somebody else will water them. Sooner or later, God will get a hold of them. They'll bring them on in. And that's what we should do. God didn't call us to judge nobody, uh, you know, to live, you know, to watch nobody's life, to watch nobody's house. When they leave, when they come in, you got like you're a detective. God didn't give us no license, to, you know, to be a detective. He gave us the word of God. He trusted us with his word to preach, to teach, to encourage, to lift up. And that's what we should be doing. Uh, let's go to. Ephesians 2 and 8 through 10. Okay. Okay, let's go to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. No, that's not the one. That's the, that's not the word. Okay, let's get that one. That didn't work with that one. Colossians 3, 18. Okay, 3. Colossians 3, 18, 19. 18, 19. Where are we? Mm-hmm. Okay, wives, submit to your husbands as it is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do 
not be bitter toward them. If you be bitter toward your spouse, your prayers will not be answered. You don't want to get in trouble with the Lord. So let us treat our wives the way they're supposed to be treated. I tell men all the time, you have a mother, you have sisters, you have aunties, you have nieces. So treat them right. You don't want nobody mistreating your family. I treat people, I live by this. I treat people the way I want to be treated and the way I want my family to be treated. I talk to them the way I want to be talked to and the way I want my family to be talked to. And if we do that, things will work out. Everybody's not going to treat you right no matter what you do. How good you treat them, they're going to, you know, they're going to rebel. They're going to do everything they want to do. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4.31. Ephesians 4.31. Okay. Now, I got these all messed up, y'all. First Peter 3 and 1. First Peter 3 and 1. Okay. Okay. Wives, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands. And even... If some do not obey the word, they without a word may be warned by conduct of their wives. And that's what we have to do. We got to treat them right no matter what. We got to love them. We got to show them that God is real. And your marriage is worth fighting for. Just don't quit. And because things don't go the way you want, things don't go right, but go go the way everybody wants at any time. Every now and then, things are falling in place. But when you say don't fall in place, that don't mean for you to break rank and, you know, and give up and quit. Uh, stay with your husband. Stay with your wife. She's waiting on you. If God is waiting on us, why can't we, why can't we wait on one another? First Peter 3 and 7. Why can't we wait on one another? Husband, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel and as being hires together of grace of, of the grace of life, that your prayer may not be hindered. I said that a few moments ago. So we have to do that. We have to give them honor. If they make a mistake, you got to learn how to, today that's all right. And she burned the bread. Or can't cook. Uh, they got cookbooks and stuff. And, you know, there's not too much that I can't cook. I just don't cook. Because I cooked enough when I was coming along with children and stuff. And I told my wife, as soon as we get in our new house, I cook a little bit right here, but not as much as she liked me to cook. But I said, keep on waiting, babe. I'm going to get there after a while. Uh, I'm going to read something to you from um, from the Message Bible. Um, wives understand. Wives under, understand. And support your husbands in the way that that show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife 
the way Christ chose to his church, the way Christ does to his church, not by domineering. He don't want us to dominate. He wants us to love, to love with, I mean, to rule with love. To be concerned, to be caring, understanding, forgiving, and things like that we should do. And I don't know why some people find it so hard because they want to, you know, the big head, that pride stuff out of When I say something, I want it done. I want to wave my food at no. And you won't eat tonight, homeboy. Now, you, you got this. You got to come better than that. And I tell the women, don't let him talk to you any kind of way. You are his wife. He shouldn't talk to you any kind of way. He should respect you. No matter how, what you, how hard a day you have, no matter what has gone wrong that day, you shouldn't talk to her, scream at her, holler at her, curse her out, and all that kind of stuff. This is the woman that had bad your children, cared for nine months, and, and, and be up the whole time. Women go through a whole lot more than men ever know how to go through. Can't even handle it. But we have to learn how to treat our mates, how to be concerned and caring. Not by domineering, but by cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ, as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His word evokes her beauty. Everything he does and say is designed to bring the best out of her. Dressing hair in, in a dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is now husband ought to love their wives. They are really, really doing themselves a favor. Since they are already one in marriage, no one abuses his own body. Does he? No. He feeds and pampers it. That's how Christ treats us. The church says we are a part of his body. And this is why a man leaves father and mother and cherishes his wife. No longer two. They become one flesh. This is a huge mystery, and I don't pretend to understand it all. What is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church, and this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself and loving her and how each wife is to honor her husband. Thank you, Master. And this is what it's all about, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, until death do your part. Richer for poor, forsaken all others. You don't go and get your boyfriend because your wife is sick and, you know, he said, for better, for worse, if it takes six months for her to get better, for him to get better, you hang right there with it. That's what marriage is all about. Sticking and standing. Stick like glue. 
no matter what happens. Praying God will see you through. He'll bring you through with flying cups. That's how good he is. That's how good he is. So I'm I'm finished. I hope everyone enjoyed that and got something out of it. The floor is open for questions or for comments. Amen. Amen, man of God. Um, that was an awesome word. I enjoyed the word. This is um, Donna Baxter, and I just wanted to say that, yes, marriage marriage is a lot of work, and, and I think yes, God said yeah. a lot of things that you, you came forth with because it's a lot of times, you know, like even it's, and communication is very important, and it's not yes, what it we is. say, it's how we say what we say, you know, um, respect one another. And everything, uh, because you treat an individual the way that you want to be treated. And then on the part where you were talking about the children, you know, if you train a child the way they should go and they should never depart. And I was brought up in the church, you know, my grandmother raised me and, um, I thank God for that. And even, you know, as we growing up, you know, we go out in the world and experience the world and everything. And, um, but you still don't forget the upbringing, you know, I was brought up and, you know, in, in the right way and the wrong way, you know, and I just thank God because, you know, we have a choice, but we know that there is no in between. It's either heaven or hell. And I just thank Amen. God for what He's done in my life. I've, I've learned a lot. I made a lot of mistakes. I did a lot of things I wasn't proud of. But I thank God and, you know, and in my marriage and who God is the head of our marriage. And I thank God for the, um, the husband that He blessed me with, the mighty man of God, Anthony Baxter. So I just thank God for the word that went forth. It was very edifying, and um, a lot of things that you said it is in it was true. And so I just bless God for the word, man of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Anyone else? How y'all doing? God bless. Yes, how y'all doing? God bless. This is uh, Jamar Grimsley. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I enjoyed the word. It was really um, good. Um, it was some things in there that you said that uh, about even, like how you were saying about hanging out with the guys, all of that stuff got to stop. Even though I'm not married, it kind of tells me, like, like I want to be prepared, you know, even by doing those things, even before I'm married, you know. And I always pray that God... Don't give me a wife if I'm not ready. You know, make sure I'm prepared. If, if I'm not, then I don't want it. You know what I mean? So I really um enjoyed a lot of that stuff because it was just saying. It, it gives you example because a lot of stuff you were saying was stuff, too, that, that when you already married. But if you practice those things before you get married, you know, like you got to be prepared. Like, you know, Amen. God, I'm sure it got a wife. Yeah, I'm sure God got a wife for me somewhere in one day. Um, But... He's still working on me. Maybe he's still working on her. Maybe she's not saved. Maybe you know what I mean. So, so it's. I believe there's one for me, um, but we got to be prepared. And like I say, I pray God don't give me one if I'm not prepared because I don't. I don't want no divorce. I don't want you know like like it's supposed to be forever. So I'm 39 years old and I don't. I'm 39 years old and I don't have a wife yet. But I believe God still got some work to do on me and it's okay you know it's okay I, I i trust god and i know that he he know what's best for me and he got my best interest at heart with whatever he allows so yeah i just got a lot of tips even stuff that like you were saying um those things you were saying that you got to start changing your life 
Like, um, Amen. even being able to be a provider, um, I remember you were saying you got a family now, they, they depending on you. So it's like, yeah. um, before I even get married, I want to make sure I got a good, stable job. Like, I just want to have those things in place. So a lot of the stuff you were saying was like, you know, even stuff you can prepare for before you get married, you know? So I really enjoyed it. I did. It's a good word. Thank you, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. God bless. Hmm? Hey man, God, this is Apostle Baxter. Wonderful word. Wonderful word. Uh, the thing that I, the thing that I really appreciated about what you stated is, you know, you said this is your second marriage, the third marriage. I don't remember offhand. But the thing that I used to, this is number four. Okay. The thing that the thing that you would always hear is that, you know, uh, go to Talk to somebody that's been married for for fifty years. You know what I mean? Amen. But but see, I've been I've been married three. This is my third third time. Last time I'm good. You know I got the best thing next to Cheerios, so I'm not letting yeah. it go. But I hear you. I had to learn a lot of things. See, I know Amen. what not to do to tell somebody what not to do. Well, Amen. tell them what to do because I didn't do both. <laughs> You know what I mean? Hey, so I really, yeah. I really appreciate that. Really appreciate that. Uh, the other thing, and like, uh, like, uh, Brother Grimsley was saying, you know, the things that you have to stop doing, you know, most men, they, they, they get married, but they still want to hang out with the guys all the time and do this. And, and you know, there's, there's nothing wrong, you know, a balanced life, you know, you do have to have that time for yourself. And in that time for yourself, yeah, yeah you may, may want to hang out. But you guys, you know, go play basketball, something like that. But you know, it has to be a balanced life. You know, you can't it can't be all it can't be all filtered. You know what I mean? So uh great word, man of God. Great word. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Back to boat and come forward. Pastor Bogan, you still with us? Hello, yeah, I'm here. What's going on, man of God? Hello, Pastor, how you doing? Can y'all hear me? All right. Yeah, we can hear you just fine. You got, you got any words for the man of God? Okay. Yeah, man, I, I, um, I truly appreciate one thing I, I heard you say, man of God, is um, you're talking about being together. You know, you and your wife with the kids and, and, and your yeses and your noes must be together. You know, me and my wife have been married for 19 years and that's something that we learned, uh, through the process of time. You know, we weren't always, always together on that. And kids saw a way to wiggle, wiggle in between that. And we learned that once we, once we began to be on one accord and, and, and establish some rules and some stuff, it, it helped us, you know, not even with our kids, but just, um, just some of the the weight and the burden of, of constantly going back and forth with our kids. We're the we're the mother and father of six kids, and and you know it can it can be a lot on our plate. So I, I can really appreciate you know you coming coming from that because that's that's you know that's the old school way, you know, and, and that's something we try to establish in our marriage. And I really touched my heart because I've seen the 
transformation in our lives for that. So I really appreciate you emphasizing that because that's something that, um, because, you know, if you're not raising your kids um, on one accord, you know, that could be a big burden and a weight in, in your marriage, you know. So uh, I appreciate that part. I apologize. I'm kind of uh, doing a couple of multitasking here. I just want to jump in and just want to listen a little bit. But I, I really that really touched my heart, man, and did, it did me some justice. Thank you, man, of God. You're welcome. Thank you. Anyone else? This is part two. Stay tuned for next Sunday, part two. Part one tonight, part two next Sunday. Stay, stay tuned. We'll be back with part two. And it's much more, but I'm going to just do part two. Maybe if the Lord leave me, I'll do more and more, because you know, we could say more on marriage. And it's always something that, you know, that I missed that to say the next time. So.